Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 20 now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. And while I sound enthusiastic and and upbeat and really excited for today's episode, I did want to start with a little bit more of a somber note. Uh, The tragic passing of John Madden the other day, the loss for the NFL world, uh, the broadcasting world, the football world, and the video game world were everyone's mourning for the loss of a... uh, a superstar, you know, a one of one kind of guy and just wanted to uh, reach out and send our condolences to all those who are mourning his loss. Yeah, man, like I will never, ever forget that voice. Like um, I just turned 23 today, so I'm a little bit too young to like really Happy remember. Birthday, John. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But getting back to John, man, like I wish I were a little bit older, so I got to experience him more growing up. I just I really mostly remember him through like highlight calls and the video game itself, but reading about him on Twitter and all the stories that have come out about him. I mean, the dude was just a living saint and cared so much about football. So, I mean, mad respect to John Madden, rest in peace. Just an awesome football man. And honestly, a great man in general. So it's sad to lose a guy like that. Jace, just when I thought you couldn't get any wiser, you sound sound another year wiser. (laughs) Do my best. Something I did want to say, my my first John Madden memory, and I didn't even realize it was John Madden, was watching that. I think it was 2008 Super Bowl. Could be wrong on the year, but it was the it was the last game he ever did, and it was the first Super Bowl I remember actually watching and enjoying, and you know being able to understand the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Cardinals Steelers, the San Antonio Holmes corner of the end zone catch. Yeah, and. Yeah, so I caught my dad downstairs on the couch, and he was watching the game. They had the replay because it was John Madden's last call. And something that really stood out to me was how incredible that game was, if you guys remember. Lost fact, Larry Fitzgerald had like an 80-yard slant over the middle to score and basically flipped the script and forced Big Ben and those Steelers to try to march down the field. And you know what? They ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy just like – I don't know if you've seen the the Gatorade bucket uh, clip on Twitter where he he breaks down. There's two buckets on the table, and he's like, "Yeah, this is the mommy bucket. This is the daddy bucket." And if you look over here, they had a baby bucket, and like he could just make anything like the most boring thing seem so cool. So it was just so legendary that a guy like that was able to broadcast football games, which is violent and exciting in and of itself. But he just took it to a whole nother level. And talk about Super Bowls! Like what a great Super Bowl, and no better man to call it than him. So. I mean, rest in peace, man. Funny little, uh, funny little Philly tidbit. There's a story of John Madden. Uh, you think he was calling one of those like Monday night NFC East games, uh, you know, and he was in Philly and they sent out some guy uh, before the game to go get cheesesteaks. Uh, and John Madden <laughs> is talking on the broadcast and says, I'm never going to send a skinny guy out to get any food again. How do you find a bad <laughs> cheesesteak in Philly? He's raging on him during the broadcast. I'll have to find the clip and see if I can post it on Twitter. But I, I was laughing my butt off at that. You know, he, he just touched away with the words and was 100% himself all the time. So 
us of the podcast, we, uh, we do want to send our, our thoughts and prayers to anybody who is mourning a loss. Uh, and we really think the whole NFL family is at this point. So, but you mentioned um, the Steelers, they found a way to win that football game and, you know, good teams, they find a way to win. And I guess I'll spill the news. Jason and I in our main dynasty league are playing each other and we're both oh, banged yeah. up. I mean, Jason's missing Mike will, um, who else you miss? He's a bum anyway. Possibly Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Kyler without D Hop at Dallas is kind of tough. Like I feel like you lose D Hop, Kyler loses a part of himself. I mean, Kareem Hunt. I got on that team. I got. I mean, both teams going across. We got guys that were missing. We're going to make some tough start sit uh, decisions. I know you got Lamar and Trey Lance to decide from, and some things like that. So it's yeah. going to be crazy. And also shout out to my fellow Al, uh, Nick C, and Redraft. We're going up against each other in the championship as well. So. Um, you know, if you listen to this podcast, a few of the voices that you listen to are making it right on to the championship. And, you know, that should be a boost of confidence for this podcast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're missing those guys. I miss, I've been without CMC for a while. Um, Lamar might not play. I've started Big Ben in both my playoff matchups. He might be good luck, so I might, might continue to start him. But do. uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's just, it's been so tough for me at the flex. Like last week, I started Mark Ingram. Like it's really just, you got to pick the right players. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. That's right. But, yeah. But good luck, Chase. Good luck to you. Yeah, it is championship weekend. Oh boy. Oh boy. No Thursday night football. So the anticipation's even longer for, for these owners. They're making them sweat it out an extra week. Uh, not an extra week, an extra couple of days. Uh, before we get in the episode, I did want to give a little plug to our Twitter account. We're going to be doing a giveaway coming up. It was uh because we were in such a giving spirit during Christmas, we announced a giveaway. We're coming up right now with the item that we're going to be giving away. It's going to be NFL memorabilia of some sort, some signed NFL memorabilia from pristineauction.com. If you follow us on Twitter uh, and turn our notifications on, just screenshot a picture of the follow and the notifications, and you'll be entered into the raffle as long as you DM us that. Uh, and then we're going to be getting it off the ground within the next couple of weeks and probably in the new year. Maybe we'll do it for the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll yeah. give it out for the Super Bowl. That would be a good uh, good little thing. Yeah. Um, I know we mentioned it last week and we're just, you know, we're kind of stalling on a little bit. But first thing, it's the Christmas season. We're all moving around. I'm actually in uh, your way, Colorado right now. I'm about 13 hours away from home. I've been driving for the past two days. So that's made things a little tough. But on top of that, too, um, we've been really hunting pristine auction, trying to find the coolest thing we can possibly get you guys. We've been eyeing up some Justin Jefferson helmets and things like that. So we're just trying to catch a good um, bidding price and get the coolest thing we can get for you guys. And once that happens, that plus the game day liner hat, it's yours if you enter uh, the giveaway and, and win that thing. So like Peter said, jump on Twitter, give us a follow, put those notifications on and send us a message. So we're going to get into today's episode. We have news and notes. And then again, a lot of people are asking us about their start-sit decisions for this past couple of weeks. We're going to do a championship load of start-sit decisions for the final week until September of fantasy football. Oh, boy, that hurts to say. Man, feels like a few weeks ago. We were just on here saying, like, savor it. It's going to be done here pretty soon. But, you know, I feel like I didn't even take my own advice. You know, the week ends, and I'm immediately looking forward to the next Thursday, Sunday, Monday. So, it happens quick, but you know, once this is over, we can start diving into that 2022 class and see if we can find some diamonds in the rough there. As they say, she's like the wind here today, 
Ganamara. That's right. That's right. All right. We're going to get into our first uh, report from around the realm right now. All right. So Darren Waller, what a terrible end of the year he's had. He's been placed on the IR and is officially out for the season. And just a little cherry on top. He is dealing with COVID as well. Uh, Are we throwing Foster Moreau right into our starting lineups for the championship round this week? Uh, Or beyond that, is there any other tight end replacement that you could see on waivers that you would rather start? There's probably one guy I'd rather start. I don't know if he's on waivers. Peter, I know you like him a lot. Gerald Everett, I don't know if he's still chilling on the waivers. He's Um, been doing really well. He's been doing very, very well. I trust him more than I trust Foster Monroe. I really think both of them are touchdown or bust kind of guys. But honestly, I'd start either of them. I mean, I feel like the tight end position so feel like there's not many good tight ends out there right now. There's Kelsey. There's even Kittle put up a bad week, but you're going to start Kittle. Gronk's been disappointing. Um, Mark you're not Andrews talking about good. the number one tight end, Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark right. Andrews has been good, but um, I'd start Monroe. I'd start Everett. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, Foster Moreau, he's been all right. Um, I think I have it here in the show, Doc. He's been above uh, 10 points in PPR uh, the past two weeks. So 13.5 PPR points two weeks ago and 10.7 this last week. And he draws a pretty good matchup. Um against indianapolis i believe right yeah they're playing indianapolis i believe they play in indianapolis yep so that's a little tough but you know the colts i'm looking at a cbs points against this is a great tool just look it up on google it'll be the first link you click on and you can kind of you know um shuffle through quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends and see what defenses give up the most points yards touchdowns whatever it may be but the Colts on the season have given up the most yards to opposing tight ends on the season. They give up 67 per game. So he's got a great matchup. If he's going to keep this up, I'm throwing him right in there. Um, but a guy that I would um, be willing to pivot to that's probably out there on waivers um, is Ricky Seals Jones for the Washington football team. Mm, that's he draws, Yeah, they draw Philly. Um, who's been terrible against the tight end all season long. Alex Singleton, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, right now I think they have them, let's see, they have them ranked as the fifth worst or the fifth best matchup for tight ends. Um, They're giving up about 63 yards to opposing tight ends per game. So Ricky Seals-Jones, if he's out there, he's someone I'd consider picking up um, just in case, you know, Terry McLaurin gets the Darius Slay shadow and those maybe some targets open up. So that's another guy, but honestly, Foster Monroe, he's been getting it done. So I think I'll I'll trust him, uh, this week. Yeah. Your biggest thing when you're looking for tight end, and I think we've talked about this a number of times is you're looking for a touchdown. That's going to be the difference maker in your week. If you can find a tight end that is going to, you know, either luckily or, you know, skill-based or you predicted it or whatever, going to find his way into the end zone. Cause if you can do that, you're already having a six point baseline for your tight end, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, any of those yards is extra candy that is going to only help your week. Seattle, uh, I feel like him and that offense, there's so many weapons there. The, you know, the rise of Sean Penny, DK Metcalf is going to get his feed as much as I, you know, don't like him as a fantasy asset. Tyler Lockett's there. Then they have Eskridge. They just have so many different weapons that they like. I feel mm-hmm. like Moreau is the only dude there in the receiving core outside of Hunter Renfro. So right. you have Renfro, you have Brian Edwards, who I think has caught like two touchdowns all year. Yeah. Two or three touchdowns post. all year. And you have Josh Jacobs or one of those backs who, you know, 
as much as you want to say, they don't get in the end zone enough. So the end right. zone targets are going to be there for Moreau and Renfro both. I'll take a stab on Renfro 100%. Outside that, any other tight ends, I like Seals Jones too because Slay is going to lock down McLaurin. McLaurin's had a terrible end of the year, and yeah. uh, I really don't see him changing that against against Darius Slay and Philly yeah. at all. Yeah, no, and I think he's gonna have a great a great game. I think he's just gonna tear him apart. Oh. Yeah, I, I I really like I really like Ricky Seals Jones this week, especially in a full point PPR. I think he can probably catch I don't know five six balls as a max. But going back to what you're talking about with touchdowns with these tight ends that we're talking about, um, so I'm looking up at the CBS points against again. I as always I recommend that tool because they're awesome. Um, but the Colts. Um, so that's our matchup for Foster Moreau. They are giving up 0.53 touchdowns per game. So it's a coin flip. Um, if he's going to get in the end zone, that's pretty good. Um, and then the, I would, um, I would even say it's more because he he's like that tight end role is used so much more in that kind of style to offense that new, yeah. uh, that uh, Las Vegas runs. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that too. And the Eagles for the matchup for Ricky Seals Jones, they give up 0.73 touchdowns per game to opposing tight ends. So I don't know either of those guys. Um, Max, who did you mention earlier? It was um, Everett. Yeah, who are they matched up with this week? I'll pull up his stats too. Detroit. Detroit. The Lions are giving up 0.33 touchdowns per game. They've been relatively stingy, which, well, the Lions, they've been relatively tough. I know they've actually been like a pretty solid defense against wide receivers and um, opposing tight ends all year. Like it's been surprising, but um, like they have some young talent on that defense. So I, I worry a little bit about Everett, but at the same time, like DK hasn't been showing up every time I watch the Seahawks. I feel like whenever Russ throws the ball to um, Gerald Everett, like I feel like he's confused and he thinks it's DK. And so uh, that trend is kind of similar builds. Yeah. They're both huge guys, but um, you know, they just keep sending DK down the field, down the field and Gerald's just running these five, six, seven yard uh, routes, which is, at this point, it's way easier for Russ to hit that just because of that finger. We know it's definitely bothering him. So, I don't know. All three of those guys, like you said, it's a coin flip. Whoever you think is going to score a touchdown, start him. Definitely. Uh, we're going to move into our second note here. Uh, another underwhelming uh, end of the year kind of candidate. Adam Thielen underwent season-ending surgery. He's technically on the IR uh, as we're speaking, but his season is over. Are we ready to start KJ Osborne against Green Bay? Uh, something I will say before the the, uh, the Raven scroll ends here: Jair Alexander looks like he's going to be back for Green Bay. Uh, going to put the clamps on Justin Jefferson. Uh, I know that's hard to believe, but he's one of the league's best corners. Uh, Right now, KJ Osborne's averaging 13.7 points per game in PPR over the last four weeks. Would you start KJ or MVS in this matchup? It's a good question. It's a really good question. And I want a really good answer from you. And I'm going to give you a good answer. I I mean, they both play on Sunday night. They play each other, obviously. So I can't use that argument either way. But I'm going to start (laughs) MVS. Um, I think Minnesota's defense, I think, ranks 32nd against the pass. I mean, they are a terrible defense. I think they're going to do everything they can to try and stop Devontae Adams. I don't think it's going to be enough because he's the best wide receiver in football. Um, But I think MVS just gets it done, whether it's a deep ball or whether it's just like six or seven, like over the middle. I think he's in a due for six catches, 70 yards, and I think he finds a touchdown. You're looking at a great week. 
I, I really love MBS in this matchup, but the one thing that keeps holding me back is he's coming off the COVID reserve list, and dudes all season have been so slow after they come off that list. Look at Tyreek Hill last week. He only put up like oh, two don't points. Don't even talk to me about it. I mean, I, it's been a struggle all season. Like I could list all kinds of examples, but that's kind of been a trend, and I've heard a lot of analysts talk about it. So give me K.J. Osborne in this one. Like he's been getting it done. He's a home run type player, no feeling. Like you said, Justin Jefferson maybe getting the clamps. Like, I, I really like KJ Osborne in this one, but um, had MVS not like gone on the COVID reserve list and been healthy this whole time, I'd start him. But I'm also a little bit worried about Alan Lazard, who's been showing up big time over the past few weeks. Um, you Definitely. know, he caught Rogers' um, record breaking touchdown to surpass Brett Favre. So he's been really coming along. I know Rogers really likes him. So I'm just, I'm a little bit scared of that one, but the matchup is fantastic, just like Max said. Yeah, if if you know, gun to my head, I had to pick one of these guys. I'd probably take, I'd probably take KJ, just because I feel like he has the highest percent chance to get in the end zone. For me personally, KJ is a good wide receiver that hasn't had a chance. I've seen him play all year. I actually picked him up early in the year, and you know, kind of because Adam Thielen was there, had to drop him because his targets went down. Every time I watch him, he impresses me. He seems like he does the little things right, which is something you always want in these receivers. You know, he's not going to drop 10 balls in a game like CD Lamb does all the time or any of these big shot wide receivers that have a big dropping problem. He catches the balls that are thrown at him. If he gets six or seven targets, he'll get six or seven receptions. Uh, something else that I really like about him this week is his touchdown upside. Again, these fantasy championships. I'm shoving completely shoving my chips in the middle on these touchdown upside guys. If Jefferson's getting the clamps, I know Rasul Douglas has played well and this entire green Bay secondary has played really well, but you're not going to be able to stop Kirk cousins from throwing 300 yards. Like he's going to throw for 300 yards. And if Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas or, you know, whoever's going to be clamping down Justin Jefferson, green Bay is going to scheme against him because they know there's nobody else there that can beat him, especially with Madison potentially being out as well, mm-hmm. not Madison um, cook being out as well. So I can see KJ Osborne putting up a, a bomb this week, definitely. Yeah, one thing too, I'm pulling it up. I I'm out here in the mountains, so my Wi-Fi and service and everything's a little bit sketchy. So apologies on my end if things get a little bit hairy. But uh, I was looking at the over/under for this one, and it looks like it's probably about the third highest of the week across all the slates. So, you know, in your championship weekend, if you're looking for a home run out of your flex, go find the game with the highest over-under and find your home run hitter in that matchup because that's that's really when it's going to um, come true. So, um, like I said, third or fourth highest over-under of the week. I love both of these guys, honestly. And at the end of the day, um, I could see them both scoring almost the exact same point total. Like, they're, they're pretty close to the same player for me. So, um, you're hoping for a bomb. Both of those guys can do it. So, I don't know. Flip a coin. All right, moving into our next note, there's been a lot of speculation. I actually really want to know about this one. I really want to know both your opinions on this one. I I have pertinent uh, – I need a pertinent decision on this. I don't know if that's correct English, but uh, there's been a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of speculation that Zeke's workload could decrease as the Cowboys prepare for the playoffs. Congratulations, Cowboys fans. You're back in for the first time in almost like five years. On a scale of 1 to 10 – what is your confidence level in Zeke versus the Cardinals? Is Tony Pollard flex worthy? Yes or no. And then your final decision here, Tony Pollard or Chase Edmonds. Is Connor back? He Probably did not practice not. today. Yeah. 
And wow. Chase Edmonds was also limited in today's practice. All running backs late in the year, they're always limited. So don't get too scared. It's when the guys aren't practicing. That's when you got to be a little bit more nervous. Yeah. Well, to answer your first question, I think Tony Pollard's already like the more explosive running back over Zeke. I think me, Jace, and you all agree on that. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with starting Tony Pollard in the flex. I really don't. Um, especially if they're saying they're going to decrease his workload a little bit. Zeke said is Pollard gets a little more workload. I'd be really happy. They're coming off a blowout win um, on Sunday night. So Zeke's already pretty well rested, which kind of scares me uh, if they're going to actually like sit him even more. Cause then like he could be off when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If I, anything, I think it'll be a very slight decrease, but I think Tony Pollard's worth a flex, but between Edmonds and Pollard, I'd go with Edmonds with no Connor. Yeah. I feel much the same way. I heard a blurb today about Zeke feeling a lot better after the extended rest he's had um, that's every single week do you hear that yeah i know that's what i was about to bring up i've heard that from you know the organization i've heard that from him i've heard that from dak everyone's always saying he's 100 percent then he gets out there and he starts limping around so i don't know i've been dead set against zeke all season but when you get into the championship rounds and the semifinals whatever you got i'm so caught on um start your studs like this just like i was stuck between joe mixon uh, this past week, who looked like he had a really tough matchup um, against Baltimore. They who they really don't give much up on the ground. You have to attack them through the air. So I was worried he wasn't going to do well. And I was debating on starting Miles Sanders over him. And at the end of the day, I was like, no, no. Joe Mixon, help me get here. I have to just put him in there. And I did, and it paid off. So uh, for me, if I have Zeke, I'm, I'm not going to pivot as much as I loathe how slow he looks out there. But I, I'm, I'm going to put him in the starting lineup. Tony Pollard has the juice, man. He's averaging like over four and a half per carry. Um, he looks really good. So if he's going to get like three, four more carries, maybe a couple more pass catch or uh, passes thrown his way, he's definitely worth the flex. And I'm with Max. If it's no James Conner, give me Chase Edmonds over Pollard just because no D hop, those targets got to go somewhere. And Chase Edmonds is Chase Edmonds is a very good pass catcher. And he's also he put up a huge week last week, so he's got a lot of momentum. 92, way. 92% of the snaps in Arizona, which is a very big number for him. I don't think he's surpassed that that amount of snaps ever. Yeah, probably over the past like three seasons, he's never been over that. So if he's going to get that, the, the Cardinals always get themselves into the red zone, maybe not as much now that they're missing D-hop, but they're a fast-paced offense. That's usually good for pass-catching running backs, versatile running backs like Edmonds. So I like him a lot. My only problem is I see Edmonds. I can see it right now. You want to talk about visualizing, like a lot of these GMs say. You got to be able to visualize the game when you sign these players. I can see Michael Parsons just running him down all night. That's Michael my only Parsons. problem. As long as as long as long Edmonds gets the receiving work, I'm fine with him. But yeah. if you ever hear anything, you know, random news out of camp, oh, they're looking to run Edmonds more. They're not looking to pass, whatever. Run, hide. Yeah, yeah. Parsons, is, he is everywhere in the blink of an eye. He is Honestly, I, I got to see Ray Lewis a little bit in his prime. That yeah, was probably definitely. the best defensive player I've ever seen in my life. Probably same with Troy Palomalu. He's probably tied up there with Ray Lewis, but Micah Parsons is like a star in the making, dude. Like him flying around making plays, him and Trayvon Diggs. That day, that Dallas defense is awesome, dude. And they look all they always look better. You know why, Jace? Because they got the star on their helmet. <laughs> that's right. They got the that's star on their helmet. That's stars what. and stars. Yeah. No. Uh, for me personally, I'd probably rather start Edmonds over Pollard, just because the no James Connor. If it were to switch and Connor was there, 
I would definitely start Pollard. So that's the, that's the switch, but you know, just to get a little head start on our start sit decisions, uh, Max and I have been assisting and helping my father run his big money league for the last couple of years. And, you know, we really, we really brought a dynasty. Uh, I think we've won the championship three out of the last five, no, two out of the last four. And we've been in the championship three out of the last four. Sorry to cut you um, off. Can you explain to them some of the wacky scoring that goes on in that league? Because oh yeah, I feel it's like that's a wrinkle that must be explained. Oh yeah. It's like minus one point if a quarterback gets sacked. <laughs> so yeah, your quarterback gets sacked, it's minus one. Uh like plays over 20 yards are like point. I think you get an extra point oh seven per yard or like something like there's like a rule like that. Wow. And then there's another, there's another wacky rule where it's quarter point PPR, but you only get the points on the fourth reception. So if you get four receptions, you get an extra point, but That's then so if you legendary. get seven receptions, you get seven receptions, you don't get an extra point. You Damn. have to get the eighth reception to get that extra point. It's, it's very that. wacky. Uh, but they've been playing. This is like one of those dot com websites where it was up in like 1998 and they never left and they, <laughs> they use it every year for, you know, forever. Um, but what I'm asking is we have a very important decision uh, and basically the legacy and, and the, the dynasty, you know, when they take, they're saying dynasty, they're talking dynasty is on the line this week. Cause if we win, we would have won three out of the last four years. And we've been in the championship wow. three out of the last four years now. That's awesome. Um, and we made, we almost made the championship two years ago and lost in the semifinal. So we've, we've been really wow. been trying to run the league for the last couple of years. Uh, like it. And we got a really big decision enough digressing. It's a one running back league where you can flex another running back uh, and we're depleted at wide receiver. We have no other options. So it's Josh Jacobs against Indianapolis or Tony Pollard against Arizona. <laughs> I know. Oh, I feel like you have to start Jacobs just because of the guaranteed workload he'll get, yeah. but it's so tempting. And I wanted yeah. to know both of your, your viewpoints here. That one is so tough. Like Jacobs to me seems like the easy answer, but Indy's defense is so good. Like they're a young group of dudes that can I don't just know fly if Leonard's around. playing. If Leonard's For playing, that would scare me. Yeah, and I think too, man, that's tough. I don't know. They usually say, or we've said it too, Jacobs, the games they're gonna win, you can start him. If Carson Wentz is out for this game. I think they got a pretty decent shot of winning this one if they can contain Jonathan Taylor. So just in the hopes that they can really run Jacobs into the ground and try to win it on his back because Waller's not out there and Renfro has been struggling a little bit. Maybe he catches a, a bunch of passes. So I think I'll go Jacobs just because of the guaranteed workload, like you said, but that matchup does scare me a little bit. Yeah. I forgot that Carson Wentz was going to be out this week because he is unvaccinated. Um, so well, I, I do. Well, he might not be out. Uh, and we talked about this. Uh, I think Jason, and I talked about this before the show. There's a chance because the NFL is adopting new CDC oh, guidelines with how the league handles COVID. So there's a chance that he'll play. It's not a guarantee that he's out. All right. Well, I think if he's out, I do see the Raiders winning the game. And I think that just helps Josh Jacobs even more. We talk about it. You start your studs. I mean, 
if if we're like a underdog, Peter, um, I don't know what the other guys like. What the we're technically are. a dog. We're technically mm-hmm. we're a three and a half point dog at this point. I mean, that's not too and bad. But the nice thing about this website is it like does betting lines on your game and lets other people bet on your game. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It gives them like odds and stuff. So you can actually like have a guy be the quote unquote house and you can bet on your games in your league. That's sleeper. Where are you at sleeper? We need this instituted immediately. But um, so sick. if we were bigger dogs, Peter, I would say Pollard. I think he gets us the higher like upside. Um, yeah. But I feel like we're we're right there. It's really anyone's game. I, I'm rocking with Jacobs. All right. Thanks for the advice. And we're going to move on to our next point. Uh, this was a personal point I wanted to put down. I feel like I ask this question every month or so on the podcast now. It's very near and dear to me because I am a Jalen Hurts owner. Uh, Jalen Hurts is turning heads both good and bad. Uh, he's been turning the ball over a lot, but has been leading the Eagles to really, really solid victories uh, in the midst of turning the ball over still. Uh, I believe they went undefeated in December, which I, I have no idea the last time the Eagles did that, uh, which is pretty pretty awesome. But GM Howie Roseman has a confirmed three first-round picks with the Colts now starting Carson Wentz for 70% of the snaps on the season. So the Eagles have 19, 20, and 23 in the draft as of right now. Are you shying away from Jalen Hurts right when the trade window opens and trying to deal him, or are you going to try to go out and buy him in certain leagues when the window opens? I mean, when the window opens, like right after this week. Right after this week. It's my favorite time of the year. I mean, everyone's like, you Mm -hmm. know, like readjusting. They're like, all right, what can I do? Like they're just itching to make trades because it's been so long. So – I feel like if he has a bad week, I think his value is going to be very, very insane. I think NFL teams have seen what he can do. I don't even think, like, in Philly, is he is he good? Yeah. But I think if he went somewhere like Denver, like, he could be, like, really insane. Like, I think mm-hmm. if Howie Roseman wants to try to be the smartest guy in the room and draft a quarterback when this isn't the best quarterback class or trade up or something like that, let him. And then Jalen Hurts can walk and he'll go somewhere else. As long as it's not Houston, even Davis Mills isn't playing too bad. But right. I, I would be trying to get Jalen Hurts right as the window opens. And I will be trying to get him from you right as the window opens, dude. Gonna be hard. <laughs> You'd sell him for two seconds, would you not, in a one quarterback league? Probably not. I'd rather hold really? on to him. That'd be pretty oh. tempting for me. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's just seconds mean I know seconds mean something, but they really don't mean much to me. I feel like there's no guaranteed value in the second round, whereas I have a guaranteed value at quarterback. I mean, yeah, Elijah Moore, second round pick. Yeah, I feel this class, I mean, that just came through, like this coming off season, trying to buy into the second year of Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase and all these guys, it's going to be just like last season with T. Higgins and C.D. Like, this class is unbelievable, and dudes have really shown out. So, running backs, wide receivers all over the board. So, I think there's going to be a desperate hurry to go get a lot of these second-year guys. But in, in regards to Jalen Hurts, who is debatably in his – first or second year, depending on who you're talking to on this podcast. <laughs> confirmed in his second year now. <laughs> um, At this point in the season, he's a confirmed yeah, sophomore. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, I really like Jalen Hurts. I think if his value is low enough, he's a rushing quarterback. If you're in a four-point per passing touchdown league, yes, go buy him. Even if, it, like, you already have a stud quarterback, it's never a bad thing to have a second backup that can run the ball like that. Um, he's always going to give you a baseline. He proved that throughout the entire season. So yes, if there's a dip, I'm absolutely going to buy it, but I'm not, 
I am scared about what's going to happen in the future. So I'm not throwing around first rounders or anything like that in a one quarterback league. Um, not even in a super flex league, honestly. Um, I, I think it's just a little too risky, but there's a ton of upside depending on where he lands or if he stays, but I don't know. I like Jalen hurts a lot, man. Like I think he's a winner. I think he's a smart dude. I think he just needs a little bit more time and, I think his weapons need a little bit more time. Like Dallas Goddard hasn't been a true tight end one his whole career up until this season. Devonta Smith is a rookie. So they got pieces that need to grow around him for him to succeed. I think. Yeah. You know, I'm all in on the Jalen hurts wave and it's always just been being afraid of Howie because of the kind of general manager that he is uh, <laughs> just a little bit too proactive. There, yeah. There's being too proactive. Uh that offensive line looks great. I feel like they have so many more needs than quarterback at this point for the Eagles. I feel like they should probably draft like Olave and that they need another wide receiver. They'll probably draft Olave or Jamison Williams or whoever's going to fall down there uh, in the draft. Maybe Drake London. Dude, with those picks. Oh London's my God. a beast. I love that kid. I will get into London. Jason, oh. that's an intellectual man that knows about Drake London. Oh, nobody I talks Drake about London. him. He's so good. He's he so go? big. USC. USC. His yeah. stock fell because he got hurt during the year. I think he was out for the year, but that man is a freak. That Watch man clips is an of him. Freak. Watch clips of him. He will be your 101 in rookie drafts immediately after watching. Depending. That because, depending. Yeah. He depending is, on where he lands. I hear I hear rumors that Buffalo might want a wide receiver in the first round. Oh this my is, God. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> I've been hearing oh. rumors. All right, we'll move. We'll move. We're going to save all of our rookie talk for the offseason. We need it. You see, you hear the energy in us. This is a guy. This is a class we don't like. Exactly. And I'm getting freaking fired up about Drake London and some of these guys. So bring on the offseason. All right. Number five, we're going to talk about we have Drew Locke. Drew Locke should be the starting quarterback for the Broncos against the Chargers this week in Los Angeles. Sam Ellinger is slated as of now to start for the Colts. If Carson Wentz can't pass COVID protocols, rank these three options for me. Let's say that we have Ellinger starting as well as Drew Locke. So you have Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton. I am like in a redraft league. I own Jerry Judy. I'm not in the play. I'm not in the championship. I want to drop him just to make a statement of how bad <laughs> Jerry Judy is. Um, I would not start Jerry Judy. I would rather start. I'd rather start Josh Reynolds over Jerry Judy. I would rather start Rashad Higgins over Jerry Judy. I mean, wow. I'd rather start most players over Jerry Judy. So he's my last one. Um, Cortland Sutton. Would you, would you rather start Denzel Mims over Jerry Judy? <laughs> yeah, I, pro- I honestly probably would. I think he has a better odds scoring a touchdown. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I really don't like Jerry Judy Yeah. Um, in a redraft perspective or this year, obviously. In, in Dynasty, I think he's a good go by low guy. Oh, um, yeah. We'll talk about that later, but to answer your, yeah, to answer your question, Peter, I'd probably say Jerry Judy's last. Um, Cortland Sutton, I don't trust really Drew Locke there, and I think Michael Pittman will be like a, a workhorse that will just get fed the ball. So I would go Pittman, Sutton, then Judy. I'm going to go Sutton one just because I think – I believe he had seven targets this past week, and I don't know. I think he's got a pretty good shot of finding the end zone with Drew Locke. So I'll put him at one. Ellinger, I, I have no idea what he's gonna do. He could be checked down city. He might not throw the ball no, down they're the gonna, field. They're gonna do. They're gonna do what they did against. Um, what are they called? The Patriots. They'll, they'll throw the ball eight times in the game. 
Yeah. Well, that is very worrisome. And Michael Pittman is not a guy I'm excited about. I said it a few pods ago um, on one of his down weeks coming off a hot stretch. I really did not like him for the rest of the season. This is just kind of the cherry on top for that. But I'm going to slot him at two just because, I don't know, they might find themselves chasing some points. And I don't know, he could just end up being a nice PPR option. I don't like his touchdown upside that much. And that probably... I'd probably put Jerry Judy third, which is really sad because this is a guy I absolutely love. And in Dynasty moving forward, this is definitely a guy I'm looking to buy low on, more so than Cortland Sutton. So uh, that's my ranking, Sutton, um, Michael Pittman, and then Jerry Judy. I match perfectly with you, Jace, completely. Ditto. Let's go. Um, I'm going to throw in a bonus little sixth note here just really quick. Wanted to hear your guys' thoughts moving into next year for somebody who we're probably not going to talk about much this offseason because he's a quarterback. Zach Wilson has won his third rookie of the week. Uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar rookie of the week, that is, sorry. But he is the only rookie quarterback to win the award, and he's won it three times now. And obviously it's a Twitter poll that, Mm -hmm. you know, any Twitter account, bit fan base can go and vote but i don't know he looks good i'm going to abstain from the following question because of my personal bias but out of this rookie class of quarterbacks for next year where are you ranking zach wilson i think i'd have to put him third at this moment in time i just trevor lawrence there's just been so much awfulness going around in jacksonville since urban and you know, I know Urban's finally out of there, but I don't know. They're going to have to find a head coach and get a new system implemented and everything. And I believe in the physical tools of Trevor Lawrence overall. I feel like he's the safest guy. I'm going to put Lance at two just because of that rushing upside and just kind of, you know, Shanahan makes any running back look good. And this is Trey Lance, who is an elite runner. So if he's going to be, you know, running the ball north of seven times, eight times a game, that upside is ridiculous in four point per passing touchdown leagues. So I'll take that upside there. I'd have to put him there three, but honestly, like depending on what you're looking for, like ceiling or safety, I think he's probably safer than, than Trey Lance. Um, but I think Trey Lance offers some more upside. So I'd, I'd have to put him three, but I'm really excited for him in a lot of the young um, talent he has around him. I would have to agree exactly with your late, uh, your list chase. Um, I think Lawrence, like, even though he had a bad year, I do think they figured it out in Jacksonville. He Trey hasn't Lance, thrown a like, passing touchdown in seven weeks. I, I, Peter, I don't really care. Like, I think he's the better talent in general. Like, it's – I feel like people are more inclined to go be like, oh, I want to go play with Trevor Lawrence and have that coaching job in Jacksonville than, oh, I want to go play with Zach Wilson. Like, I don't know. I, I think Zach Wilson's my third. I think he's higher than Justin Fields for me, but I, I'd still put Lance just with the upside above him. All right. Thank you for your wholehearted and honest feedback. I will not – give my list because it is completely and 100% biased. And I I just (laughs) want to let everybody know that. All right. With that being said, we're going to get into some championship start, sit decisions, start, sit decisions. Jeez. My English is off today. I feel that brain is working faster than my mouth. Um, (laughs) So we have a a variety of, you know, positions and players that we're going to be doing here based on stuff that was either submitted to us via Twitter, via text message from our closer friends, Instagram, whatever kind, or it's our own personal decisions uh, that we need uh, start-sit opinions from. So our first one is going to be a pick two. 
Rashawn Penny versus Detroit, Daryl Williams at Cincinnati, and then Van Jefferson at Baltimore. Yeah, this is this is actually one uh, a decision I have to make in an eight man league that I find myself in the championship of. I have been riding the waiver wire all season long, so things are getting desperate here. Um, I need this advice. Currently, I have Daryl Williams slotted into my running back slot and Rashad Penny slotted into my flex, but I'm also starting Matthew Stafford. So I kind of really like Van Jefferson against Baltimore. Um, but right now I have those running backs slotted in just because of the guaranteed volume. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really tough for me. I would probably start Van Jefferson just because like, I just feel as though he's a deep ball, like King almost you could say. And then I would start Daryl Williams for Cincinnati as well. So I, as much no as penny. I want to start with God Penny, I just I don't trust Rashad Penny in my championship matchup. I it's will scary. start I will start Rashad Penny because if I know Pete Carroll and that Seattle Seahawks organization to be one thing, it's thick. They're thick headed and they run the ball like maniacs. They want to run the ball for some God knows why reason when they have Russell Westbrook and DK Metcalf and Tyler Russell Lockett. Westbrook. He Russell Wilson. Over. I think I've done that on this show. And in the NFL now? Dude, he's losing for the Lakers and losing. Dude, no difference. All he does is lose. Wow. (laughs) No, but Russell Wilson, they have have these great – it just makes no sense. But they're so thick. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and they just want to run the ball, and it makes no sense. So I'll take the guaranteed volume in Rashad Penny. Uh, and then the other flip side of that, I will take the opposite of guaranteed value in Van Jefferson against Baltimore. Baltimore secondary is so banged up. I think they're on their like fourth string corners. These are like practice squad, the practice squad of the practice squad guys out there that are playing. I can just see a deep ball, uh, just one deep ball, you know, for 60 or 70 yards. And that that basically makes him fantasy floored for the week. Yeah, the Baltimore, I think I'm going to end up going with, Rashad Penny and Van Jefferson, but those are home run hitters right there. I mean, they could easily go up there and strike out. So I'm going for the ceiling plays, I believe, but the matchups are there. And the one thing you mentioned about Baltimore's defense last week, they were mean, uh, missing 19 defensive players and they only had one healthy uh, defensive back that was on the opening day roster. So, I mean, <laughs> that secondary is so banged up. If you have Cooper cup on your team this week, Oh, baby, this dude might put up 600 points. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to chase the upside, but it's an eight man. So, you know, a five spot or a, a six spot from either or both of those guys is an absolute killer. So it's it's a tough one, but I appreciate the advice from both of you. Give me a lot to think about. All right. Moving into our next one, we have a pick one and it's a quarterback. So we have whoever's going to be quarterbacking for the Niners against Houston. Uh, There's some reports out there saying that Kyle Shanahan's prepping Trey Lance, while others report saying even though Jimmy's thumb is completely like shattered, he still wants to play and is going to get out there. So whoever's starting a quarterback for Houston. Then we have Lamar. I love to limp on the practice field. Jackson versus the Rams. And then Big Ben versus the Browns. I I know my answer. I'm very confident in it, but I'll let you guys go first. I'll go last because this is the decision I'm making. So, yeah, this is a decision Max had to make. I put this in the show doc, especially for him. I we were texting about this decision earlier. I'm going to give my totally unbiased opinion 
um, give me Jimmy G or Trey Lance and hope to God it's Trey Lance. I, I just love the Houston matchup. If Elijah, Elijah Mitchell is going to miss, I, I really think Jimmy G could have a really solid game. Jeff Wilson's, you know, he does a lot of good things when he gets in the game, but he's not, he's not the best running back I've ever seen. So I, I like Jimmy G's upside in that matchup. Lamar, man, he's been playing bad and that limp scares me a lot. And I don't know, like he, he's, he's been outplayed um, by his backups the past couple of weeks here. So that scares me. And I, I will never start big Ben ever again. And, you know, that's a very short term saying because he's done after this year, but I cannot trust that guy tripping over his own two feet, in my championship matchup. So give me, give me the, the 49ers guys. Well, just to, just a pirouette on what you did, Chase, I will start big Ben. Woo! I would start big Ben out of the three of these guys. You know, everybody that listens to the show knows I'm a big narrative guy. This is his last game at Heinz Field. Big Ben off of bad starts usually plays really well, really well the next week. I can see Big Ben tossing like three touchdowns and a couple hundred yards. So that's the only scared thing. You know, he's a boom bust play, but I feel like the narrative's there and, you know, he'll he'll wake up from his uh, drunken slumber and, and <laughs> slosh and play this game right. I will say, as a Brownies fan, Max knows this all too well. Big Ben loves to dump on the Browns. Like, he loves it so much. Their fans love it. I hate it, but he loves to go off against the Browns. They're secondary. I know they got Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, but those guys, talk about boomer bust. Like, Denzel Ward, I think, is a lockdown corner by all means. I think he's a superstar. But all the other corners there, Greedy Williams and uh, the couple guys that they got from the Rams, like they're boom bust guys. They're either pick six in it or they're letting a big play. So um, I do think he's got a lot of upside, but I've seen him trip and fall over his own two feet far too many times. So I, I just can't, but I respect the decision. You know, it's, it's really tough for me as well. Um, honestly, if Trey Lance starts, I'm going to start Trey Lance. Um, he's my number one pick there. If Jimmy G starts, I'm not going to start Trey Lance, obviously. And then I would be left between Lamar and Big Ben. And um, I would honestly probably lean Big Ben. I've started him in both my matchups so far. Chase has a little smirk because he likes that answer. I've, st- I've started him in both my matchups so far. Uh, like Peter said, the narrative's there. And to go on Peter's point, it's a Monday night game. And if you know me, you know I love primetime football. <laughs> you know I love just having that glimmer of hope on Monday. So if I can be down 20 points with Big Ben and be rooting my butt off for him, I mean, that would leave oh me four guys goodness. on my oh – it would leave me Big Ben, Jarvis, Nick Chubb, and Chris Boswell all on Monday. It would make for an electric Monday, my first my first day of the real-world job. So couldn't get – Congratulations. Another congratulations to yeah, Matt. Yeah, man. Thanks, Big congrats. Monsters. Big Monsters Mon- fan. Monsters, yep. big Monsters. Got a lot of- monsters fans from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast now, just for you. That's right, man. Yeah, no – Hashtag Max's Monday Night Miracle. That's right. All right. Got another one here. So we're down to our last three. We have a pick two here. A.J. Dillon versus Minnesota. We have Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, whoever's going to be starting against Houston. Uh, We have Terry McLaurin versus Philly and Tony Pollard versus Arizona. This is another dynasty decision I have to make in the very same matchup against Max and – I, I don't know. I'll let you guys go first because I, I need to hear something. 
um, like completely unbiased, I think my least, my last pick would be Terry McLaurin. I think I'd have to be very desperate to play Terry McLaurin versus Darius Slay in a football I agree, team especially offense. Especially off, off of his terrible. terrible weeks that he's had. Yeah, yes. he Terry McLaurin actually knocked me out of the playoffs in another league because he was in the game up forty points and caught a ball. Um, <laughs> but neither here nor there. I think he'd be my last pick, and then I would start. Elijah Mitchell, I don't think Jeff Wilson's that good of a running back. So if Elijah Mitchell plays, I'll definitely cue him up. And I'd probably start Pollard, but I think Dylan has a better chance of scoring the touchdown. So, But I think Tony um, has a better one of breaking one. Yeah, I, I would definitely – to be honest – That's tough. J- Jerry's going to want to win this game against Arizona – specifically just for the seeding for the playoffs. I know this is very, very, very big for the for the Cowboys to win this week. I can see Tony Pollard running in and, and scoring a, a touchdown at some point, uh, especially giving Zeke a little bit of a spell. And then give me whoever is starting for the Niners. That's another game they have to win. You mm-hmm. have to win that game if you want to make the playoffs. If you're the Niners, what do the Niners do the best? They run a ball down the other team's throat. Houston. I know that they got that. I think his last name's Lopez yes. on the uh, on tier, interior off, uh, defensive line, who's been really solid this year and stopping the run. But uh, just that scheme, I'll take the scheme over AJ Dillon getting a fluke touchdown against Minnesota or Terry McLaurin getting uh, locked up. Yeah, I uh, currently I have slotted in AJ Dillon. I also have Aaron Jones on that team, so I'm starting the entire Green Bay backfield, which scares me a lot since MVS is coming back and Alan Lazard's been playing really well and Devontae's just looking amazing out there. So it scares me just because I don't know how many rushing touchdowns there will actually be in the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to start one of the San Francisco running backs against Houston. That I just can't deny that matchup. And Jeff Wilson, although he's pretty much just a guy, it's Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Uh, that's that's my favorite thing that you say. Oh, he's yeah. just a guy. He's just a guy, man. He's just a warm body out there. And, uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to go with either of the 49ers guy. And, Peter, I, I think I really like what you said. You know, Pollard, maybe he gets a few more carries. They need to win this game for home field seating. Um, and also my dad and brother, they're huge Cowboys fans, and they're flying out for that game. It was my brother's uh, birthday present. So, you know, I, I think I might have to start the Cowboy uh, just for my, my my fellow family members that are going to the game. All right, we're going to get into another one. I believe we got this one from Twitter. This one is Amon Ross St. Brown at Seattle or DK Metcalf versus Detroit. Flip flip the coin. Yeah, this one actually is um, – this is a start-sit decision that um, my girlfriend McKenna, her stepbrother, um, his name's TJ, he's been reaching out over the past two weeks with this same exact question, Amon Ra or DK. And uh, – couple weeks ago, I said Amon Ra worked out extremely well. Last week, I said DK. Amon Ra played first, put up a game. DK started the game first. I don't know what play of the game it was, but it was almost immediately uh, caught a huge touchdown. So I wasn't kicking myself so bad. And then DK didn't. He caught one more pass the entire game. So I, I don't um, know about this one. The start your studs argument. I don't even know if this applies here because DK has been so bad. Amon Ra has been. Yeah, give me juicy. Yeah, give me juicy. No Reynolds. Full point PPR. Yeah, no Reynolds. And last week I was scared off by um, what's his Blow. name? No, uh, Boyle. Boyle. Oh, Boyle. What's his, Nick or Tim Lo- Boyle? I can't. 
Yeah. I can't remember. No, TB12, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle. TB12. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Tim Boyle. I was really scared off by him last week with St. Brown um, just because the only other game he started this year, he threw for 77 yards. And DeAndre Swift was predicted to come back, but he was ruled out last second. So I was really scared of Juicy, but he got it done anyways. If Swift is going to be out for this one, I'm definitely firing up Amon Ra again, especially in full point. If Swift is back, that's when I get a little bit hesitant because I don't, uh, Jared Goff looks uh, questionable to play in this game again. If Swift's going to be back, that's a lot of short area targets that could get taken away. So right now, give me Amon Ra, but Swift, if he comes back, reach out to me on Twitter and see if my decision changes. What do you got, Max? You know, I, I've been going back and forth the whole time, but I'm not going to do my boy dirty. Um, I'm starting DK. This could be, this could be, hey, you're a narrative boy. This could be Russ's last game at home. This could um, be. I think Detroit is they they're fine middle of the pack defense, but Russell Wilson at home in December. I love it for DK. I mean, you could say what you want about him. I I wouldn't mind starting Swift or what is his name Amon Ra Juicy. Like it's really tough for me. If I had both, I'd be really kicking myself. Um, you drafted DK for a reason. I'm not sitting him now. All right. We're moving on to our last one. A pick one between these three players, Tyler Boyd at home at Paul Brown versus Kansas city MVS at Lambeau versus Minnesota and AJ green at Jarrah world in Dallas at AT&T stadium. Who are we picking? That might be the easiest one so far for me. At least. I'm picking MVS. I, I don't, I want nothing to do with Tyler Boyd. He caught a lucky 60 yarder last week. The chief's defense has been playing very, very well. I don't see Joe Burrow throwing for another 525 yards or whatever he threw for um, AJ green. He's a touchdown or bust kind of guy. I get there's no D hop. That means that Diggs is going to be on AJ green. Oh, maybe Christian Kirk will get Diggs. I don't really care. Kyler hasn't looked that great. Um, MVS coming back. I get there's COVID Sunday night, Minnesota sucks on defense. I'm taking MVS. I'm, I, I got to jump right on that train. That argument was too well made. I, I felt like yeah, I had no idea who I was going to pick there, but yeah, Tyler Boyd, he's been getting a little lucky with some long bomb touchdowns. I think the defense is just way too distracted with Higgins and chase. So he's been able to, you know, catch a couple lucky breaks, but the volume has not been there by any means. He's always been a PPR guy. So no, no from uh, Tyler Boyd for me and AJ Green. Although he might get a decent amount of volume, that Dallas defense is just going, they're just playing out of their minds right now. So, yeah, give me the home run shot with MBS. I know I was scared off by the COVID stuff, but given the other two options, give me MBS too. Yeah, I'll definitely third that. And uh, I don't feel like I need to add an argument. Everything's already been said very, very, very well for you, the end listener. That's right. Uh, uh, with, question. Yes. Before answer. we wrap it up, um, I'm just going to ask it. Who would you guys say is your number one dynasty defense? I know some oh. people play in defensive leagues. I know some others don't. For this week or just in general? In general. I'm saying like, see, like season's coming, coming to a close. Patriots. So. Patriots just really. I mean, they're Justin Tucker. You know, he's, I think he's finished as the number one kicker like once in his career, but he's always in the top five and, you know, he's never going to let you down. And that's what the Patriots defense is. They're, they're never going to let you down. As, as long as Bill Belichick's coaching that defense, they'll never let you down. Yeah. Yeah. Last season, if you would ask me this question, I would say 
it was Washington with Chase Young and some of the young pieces they had over there, but they have just been, uh, they've had their moments here and there, but they're not a good defense by any stretch of the imagination. Give me Dallas, man. Give me Dallas. Got Trayvon Diggs, super young. Micah Parsons running all over the field, super young dude. Like they got a lot of youth over there and uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is a guy they've had for a while, but I think um, a fully healthy off season could really benefit him because he's a beast too when he's fully healthy. So yeah, give me, give me Dallas. Yeah, and I, I, I think Dallas, too, and I think they're only going to add to it in the draft. Um, I get they're not going to have that good of a pick. They don't need any wide receiver help. They don't need running back help. Um, they're mm-hmm. line. Maybe they could take a lineman. But I think first or second round, they're still going to take a defensive player, and they know how to draft. Maybe in a second. The first, they're going to have to grab a tackle or, or a guard because those, those guys are getting banged up, man. Yeah, Tyron Smith, dude. Yeah, they got to have a backup plan for him because this season when he's been out, they've been slaughtered. So – um, yeah, a, a replacement for him or someone who can stand in when he gets hurt would be big time for them. But if they keep adding to that young unit, oh, baby. I mean, they've put up a lot of points. They've only let up 295 points this year. <laughs> Fantasy points, they have 192 this year, which is double what they had last year. That's crazy. I mean, they, the past four games, they've had 18-25, 17-25. Like, I wish I could start them this week. I really do. I, I could. You, uh, hey, you but, could, man. Kyler could go out there and stink it up, it dude. Up. Like he's he's perfectly capable of doing that without DeAndre Hopkins. So, but I, but that would be sitting the Niners versus Houston. Yeah, Mills Mafia. Yeah, you come on. You're scared of Doug General Mills, Mills, aren't you? <laughs> he's been good, but I would I would go with good. Dallas too. I, I'm I'm very happy and proud as a Dallas defense owner this coming this offseason. Definitely. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for our show. And it beyond that is going to wrap it up for every show that we will make in 2021. From, from us at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast to you all out there, we wanted to wish a very healthy and safe, more importantly, safe New Year's Eve, New Year's Day celebration. You know, it's fun to go out there and get all crazy and enjoy the time. But especially if you're drinking or something like that, you know, enjoying yourself a little bit too much. Make sure you call a cab or call somebody that you love to pick you up. You never put yourself at risk, uh, especially uh, during New Year's, this uh, special time where a lot of people are going to be indulging and stuff like that. So that's just a little PSA from us to you. And with that being said, a lot of 2022 contents coming out, 2022 draft. We're going to be there in person. I know at least. Dynasty Monarchy Max, Monarch Max, and Monarch Peter will be there in person. Jace is maybe trying to work out the logistics to meet us there in in Las Vegas for the draft. We have Mm -hmm. that. We're going to have player profiles for all of these rookies, maybe even a Drake London special episode, perhaps. Oh, you know it. You know it. (laughs) Uh, Helping you through your rookie drafts coming up. We'll have complete episodes, mocks. We'll do redraft mocks. We'll, we're going to do everything this offseason to try to make you as prepared going into the 2022 fantasy season. And while we say, you know, we blink our eyes and the season's over for this 2021 season, we're going to blink our eyes and already be doing mocks and getting ready for the 2022 season before you even know it. We're going to keep an eye on free agency, whatever you need for your fantasy football news notes in whatever kind of form we will be here for you follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy where we're going to be giving away the signed piece of memorabilia uh i think we're going to probably try to shoot for it around the super bowl 
that would be a nice little Super Bowl giveaway, uh, you know, exclamation point for the 2021 NFL season uh, to give to give back to you guys who have really helped us and showed us that how good we can be in, in helping other people out. I know Max and I kind of started in college where we would always talk about wanting to do a podcast together. And I got a call one day while I was cutting the grass and the rest was history, you know, and yeah, these, these three guys formed. So we wanted to thank you from the bottom of our hearts here at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Thank you for a great 2021, and here's to an even better 2022. That's right. And I wanted to uh, share a quick little story. It kind of goes along with what Peter said about New Year's, and it kind of directly relates to um, your fantasy championship. And it it could be our our quote from a fellow monarch. Um, I met this guy last night uh, upon arriving in Colorado up at a bar, and he's a former Air Force vet. And um, we just sparked up a conversation at the bar and he explained that um, last night he was going to head out in the morning, um, today's morning, for an avalanche training course where him and 12 people were going out um, into an avalanche and they were going to learn survival tactics and different teamwork um, strategies and all kinds of things to save someone's life when something like that happens. Um, And the biggest thing he said to me Um, He says it boils down to like when you're out there facing a life or death situation, um, make the smart decision and don't make the dumb one. So if you're, you know, out there partying on New Year's Eve, make the smart decision, call the Uber. If you're in the fantasy playoffs, start your stud, make the smart decision. So don't make any dumb decisions out there. I'm starting Big Ben, my stud. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. There it is. Again, we wanted to thank you for a great 2021. Here's to an even better 2022. Follow us on Twitter again, at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, it's something that we're starting to try to grow uh, grow a following in. So for the offseason, we can stay as up-to-date as possible in our news that we're, we're bringing out to all you people, all you lovely people that enjoy the podcast. Yep, and be on the lookout for some sports bets. Um, we're probably not going to end up recording a podcast. Um, but we've been putting them all out on Twitter with our analysis and different things. And we just came off a pretty good week. So um, check us out on over there. We're going to be releasing probably um, about nine picks, nine, 10 picks. So um, if you want to make some money, follow us on Twitter. Definitely. My streak's going to get hot again. My, my That's spreads, right. Hey, my you're going to go missed. Lou Gehrig. You know about Lou Gehrig? Good. He had the 53 game hit streak, missed one game, went on a 25 game hit streak. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There it is. You're going Lou Gehrig. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. I know we've had the outro like five different times now, but we're just enjoying ourselves here and, you know, circling it back to the beginning. uh, A lot of people, Chris Collinsworth was talking about it. Mike Tirico, all these guys that knew John and uh, Al Michaels was talking about it a lot. They said, you always love John Madden because you knew he was having fun. Mm-hmm. So that's something we take pride in at the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. We don't do this because, you know, it's an obligation or whatever. We do it because we love it and we're trying to have fun with each other. So, right. again, uh, rest in peace, John Madden. Good luck for throughout the new year. And before we finish, Max has one final thing to say. I do it for the paycheck. I mean, just to get that big paycheck in the mail. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what gets me on the on this app every day. So <laughs> it's super great. That, that million dollar paycheck a week. Yeah, right. Right, right. All right. Good luck in your fantasy championships, everyone. From us to you, have a very happy and safe new year in uh, whatever venture you're going to try to go on. Remember, be safe out there. Good luck. Make the smart decisions. There we go. All right. Bye, everyone. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. peace.
Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens.